Hello, Magic Israel listeners. Today I had the pleasure of speaking with Malcolm Nair. Malcolm had a near-death experience at a time in his life when he was out of alignment with his soul's purpose. As a trauma survivor, Malcolm had turned to addictive behaviors to help cope with his pain. His near-death experience helped him to transform his life and heal himself. And now it's his mission to pass that message on to others so that they too can find joy, peace, healing, tranquility, and abundance in their own lives. Malcolm and I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we did. Thank you so much for listening and by default being part of our community of like-minded souls. Now here's my interview with Malcolm Nair. Hi, Malcolm. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. I'm, it's my pleasure. So Malcolm, why don't we start by t- having you tell us about guided intelligence? So guided intelligence was something that I didn't know. Um, it was unknown. Um, it came to me years after my car accident. So I would get these uh, awakenings or these enlightenment moments. I, I was going through a, an awakening process, like a, you'd call it a kundalini or these headaches and migraines, even after my car accident. And I would feel like I had to always change something. I had like, that was my oath to God when I died, that when I come back, that I'm just going to continuously change and change to me meant everything. My voice, my dialogue, my content, the way I talk to people, the way I perceive people, the way I judge, just everything I had to change. So as I was going through this process of personal growth, you know, diving deep into knowledge, wisdom, education, and then, you know, obviously I've been through enough turmoils and failures and pain and suffering and separations and stress. And so through all of this, I realized I was ready for another change. And I decided to quit working like nine to five something inside told me that my passion was going away. Although I loved what I was doing, I had so much passion for grass-fed farm and water. I worked for a water purification company. So I was choosing the right roles to serve mankind, but something inside just kept speaking to me that I still was losing my passion. Um, And I sat there one day contemplating and through contemplation and, and surrendering and just being uh, at peace and content and living in harmony, I would get messages uh, from source, my angels. Everything was always synchronizing with me. I'd always have my angel numbers. I'd always have um, insights come to me about a lot of things. We could talk about that another time. But um, I asked a question what am I supposed to do? What am I meant to do? Uh, You know, how can I serve? And I just sat there just in this contemplation, this really dwelling for purpose. And I got a whisper saying, guided intelligence. And it was a whisper. And I'm like, what was that? Come again? And I was literally talking to myself. I'm like, what was that? Say it again. (laughs) And said intelligence and you know when you've heard over the years a lot of coaches and personal growth and on tv and everyone says listen to those whispers right 
and they come so subtly, so quiet. Sometimes you just have to go within. And that's what you have to do. You have to do a lot of work, but sometimes they come, we don't listen to them. But I heard it and it came to me a third time. And I said, guided intelligence. And it just affirmed it. And I didn't question it anymore. And I went downstairs to my computer. First, I sat there for a second, but I realized through my journey, don't sit there, just take action. So I went downstairs, I went on my computer and went to my Gmail, changed it to guided intelligence instead of Malcolm Nair. And I'm like, perfect, it hasn't been taken. Then I go to YouTube, I'm like, perfect, okay. That's all it was, I didn't know what it meant. And I just used it as the name and people would email me and be like, oh, thank you, sir. Guided or intelligence or guided intelligence. I'm like, okay, <laughs> kind of weird, but okay. Um, years went by and I realized that I've always coached. I've, I've coached for years. I've been in sales and consulting and in-home presentations and dealing with owners and CEOs and presidents and I've always was able to get roles and just express myself very differently in this world. So I wanted to portray that into my daily life. And I'm like, if I could do that, I have that skill set to coach and I do it for my family, maybe this has something to do with service. So I just, one thing happened after another, I just started, uh, you know, quitting my job, changing my life, uh, changed my eating habits, my mindset even more, and just kept developing, developing, researching. But it came to me from source. Long story. No, but I understand. I, yeah. I, those, those angel numbers come on strong. Um, and I've been noticing that a lot myself um, during yeah. a major life transition. So it's really cool. So as a life coach, what mm -hmm. is it that you do? I know that your aim is to help people um, in their enlightenment journey, but I would like to hear it from your mouth, what, how you interpret Thank that. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, a lot of designers and these website guys and people, they always tell you to narrow it down, you know, niche it down, choose your demographic, find your avatar. And the thing is, I serve in so many ways that if I narrowed it down, those women and men that have been molested or raped wouldn't be able to come to me. If I chose uh, just life coaching and personal development or how to manifest, you know, those people who've been, you know, hurting inside, gone through separation, divorce, those, I wouldn't be able to coach those women. Business coaches wouldn't have come to me. I wouldn't be able to help, you know, 12 year old girls, you know, mothers send their daughters and sons to me. Um, you know, so it's hard to narrow down. I basically use the knowledge, the wisdom, education, experiences, and my life st stories and my journey to help serve people in so many ways. Um, you know, I've been raped, I've been molested, you know, I've been homeless. I've moved into over a hundred houses in my lifetime. Um, I was in a car accident. I know what it's like to be on drugs. I know what it's like to do alcohol that's one category if someone comes to me about marijuana or crack or cocaine like there's so many sectors within just addiction that i can help in and then so many sectors in relationship right um so 
just that kind of would give people the understanding that I can serve you in so many levels. Uh, plus, I'm very intuitive, very empathic. And I believe, too, that, you know, magic is possible, right? We are all psychic. We're all intuitive. We're all empathic. And we're telepathic as well. Um, you know, I've sent signals into people's brains many times, and they would turn around and be like, what did you say? Or what did you tell me? I've been able to read people's minds sitting at dinner tables and stuff, and I would tell them word for word what they've said. Um, I have so many situations, so I don't focus on it too much. I just know that I, we all have these abilities. And if I can empower people to do that, I, I love it because I've had empath come to me. I've had Reiki masters come to me and they, they're still in that learning phase and they want to learn how to tap into their healing power. You know, for example, my wife is a massage therapist and I taught her how to use her hands to heal and call her angels and, and heal lower back pain, spasms and uh, you know, and all her clients, you know, write her testimonials now because of that healing power. And it's possible. You can, you can pass this on to people. You can teach people how to do it. I appreciate that so much. I think sometimes the people I would rather seek, uh, guidance and insight from somebody who's actually been through a lot, mm -hmm. who actually has had to grow through having experienced adversity, trauma, whatever it is, because they're the ones in my um, experience who often have the most insight because they've had to dig deeper. We've mm -hmm. all had, to, I don't mean to say that there's nobody we out there who's, stories. everybody has trauma. Everybody has by being alive. That's yes. part of earth school. That's part of absolutely our challenge here is we all go through personal challenges and emotional difficulties. But I think people who have often struggled the most, but who have worked to come out of it and who have that drive to recover are the ones that I tend to gravitate towards and, and to mm -hmm. trust because they have that wisdom that someone who's had maybe a, you know, a more easy breezy life may not have. So with yeah. all that being said, um, I'd love to know before we get into your near-death experience, I would like to know kind of how, what your life was like before you did experience um, death or, or found out that there is no death. Yeah. That's... You can start anywhere you want. You can start early, you can start later in life, but who, who did you think you were um, before this happened? This is deep. Um, I would love to talk wisdom on this, but let me be very um, authentic and talk about how shallow I was. Mm -hmm. um, it's good to sometimes uh, share the shallowness that we've had at one point in time. And, you know, I didn't know who I was. I was very shallow, very low, very degrading, very belittling, very unauthentic. Uh, I was a liar. I was disgraceful. I was disrespectful. Um, you know, I just was a pity. And I didn't have any will, any hope, any desire to change my life. I didn't know what change your life meant. I didn't know wisdom. I didn't trust people, you know just no integrity, but that's what I was before. And I learned to love that. I learned to love and appreciate my mistakes and my failures and my wrongs. You know, I was 
getting abused, I was an abuser. I was a toxic, negative person. Um, and we all go through these journeys to, to either make a decision to change or slap it right back in the face and, and say, you know what, I, don't, I didn't grow from that. And you just keep being that same person. And it's unfortunate, you know, I've seen a lot of people die, come back or go through near-death experiences or turmoil and addiction, and they come out of it without realization and they go do something else traumatic. And it's like, how many chances do we get? You know, like, we're not always so blessed to live here, you know? So the person I was was someone that never knew about reflection, inner peace, joy, harmony, how to raise their vibration. Um, it's giving me chills just talking about it, but I was just low vibe, <laughs> low vibing and, uh, you know, just coasting through life. Didn't know, you know, a slap in the face. If I did get slapped in the face, you know, um, I didn't know the meaning of life. That's what I was before. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think, was that a result of trauma? Because I know I always think, you know, babies are born into this world pure and they may be born with um, some brain anomaly that makes it difficult for them to connect or to feel someone might be born a sociopath. But I think for the most part, most little babies are innocent and then there's something that happens to them and mm -hmm. you don't have to go into detail, but was, was your way of living um, a result of trauma or do you think it was just, uh, just the way you were because you just didn't see outside of your um, narrow sort of perspective. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good insight because everyone has a different perspective and this is good to bring up because, um, it could have happened the way you're saying it, whether we have no insights or wisdom, or there was no trauma, we could just kind of be in this world unknowingly and programmed by society around us, um, and just never wake up. But for me, I did um, this hypnosis session and I always knew it. I had these images and thoughts uh, before having this session, but I remember being cold and, um, you know, wanting to uh, be driven when I was in the womb. I was cold in the womb because my mom drank bleach and she tried to kill me when uh, my dad was kicking her in the stomach and I survived and I came into this world, you know, kind of cold and alone. And, you know, my goal is to leave warm and fulfilled, right. And to serve people. But for example, yes, I had so much trauma since I was born. So that was the main trauma being in the womb, having my mom, being an abusive relationship and then uh, no personal growth in, in that kind of atmosphere. And then um, moving around, just being a child with my mom, parents being divorced since I was one years old. Uh, my mom alone has moved probably a hundred times in her lifetime with us when I was still living with her. Um, you know, she was raising three children on her own. So um, yeah, life was tough because I've had a lot of uh, different men come in and out of my life and then also with my dad uh, him being remarried and then um, being having step step parent figures and just kind of 
seeing it from a different lens, how, how that love language was and how manipulative and conniving that was. And, you know, just, there's a lot of experiences. I mean, there's an podcast episode for every life story that I have, but, um, but to answer your question, it has a lot to do with uh, my experiences because, you know, uh, I've had step fathers too, that were alcoholics and, uh, you know, would put the car seat. I was in the front seat one time. And I remember my stepdad getting in a big car crash and he survived by using his body to cover me. And all I remember, I think I was like two or three years old was shards of glass all over his face. And he was like almost dead, but I survived. And I have so many experiences, but I, I have to put my timeline together properly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I do have a lot of experiences and trauma and stuff like that. And that, that helped, that helped yeah. me be able to be a better person to understand, do I want to keep living a victim lifestyle or do I want to, you know, empower myself to, to change and have authority in this life. And uh, it did help. So right. I'm, I'm very appreciative of, of my downfalls. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it takes adversity to build ourselves back up better than we were before. And that can give mm -hmm. us so much insight. And as an addict myself, you know, a recovering addict, it's, mm -hmm. it, I, even though it was, those were the darkest days of my life. I, and I really hurt myself. I hurt some people badly, but I hurt myself more than anyone else. And um, I can't even relate to that person or that frame of reference now that frame of reference now that I'm, you know, living a sober life and recovery where I'm, I'm so grateful. And, and I, I can't imagine doing one thing I did then, but because, but I'm grateful for those times because it's what people always say that things don't happen to you. They happen for you. For you. And, Absolutely. And had I not hit that rock bottom and I have many regrets about it, but I've had to learn to forgive myself the best I can. I wouldn't be where I am today, which is just, right. it's a, it's like, it's, this was part of my soul's path. That was my struggle that I had to go through. And that was your struggle that your soul had to go through. You're giving me chills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, yeah. yeah. It brought back memories of when I was 14, I was a 14 year old, uh, cocaine and crack addict. Um, and I used to smoke two packs of cigarettes a day when I was uh, 14, I started smoking when I was eight years old and, uh, you know, that, that in itself was a whole section of my life being an addict addict. So I, I understand what it's like to be addicted um, and to help people. I've successfully helped clients quit smoking cigarettes and quit doing drugs and stuff yeah. like that. But it's, it's, you're so right. Um, yeah, I'm so blessed that you were able to get out of that. Yeah. yeah, likewise. I, I understand it because there were days where, I mean, I was so depressed. My mom had to fly into college, my college because I, I, I said, I can't, I can't, I don't want to live. And she, you know, I just, there were so many times where I'm so glad I hung on because life is beautiful now. And I'm, so, and actually the second part of my life, I have so much planned and I'm so excited. And um, I think um, what I was going to say about that too, is that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's your soul's path unfortunately that was what was meant to happen to get you to where you are today and you couldn't have learned the lessons 
that you did. And, and it's unfortunate that we have to suffer like that, but it's um, looking back, there's, it's really just a matter of being able to forgive ourselves and see ourselves as that. I try to look at myself and I'm, I can imagine you might too, of that little eight-year-old boy didn't just didn't have coping skills. And you have to look at that little person with compassion and say, yes. 14, I was just a baby. And I mm -hmm. didn't, I was in pain and avoiding these feelings and I didn't have protection and I didn't have stability. So what else were you to do? That was just the way you coped. Now, mm -hmm. cutting to just before your NDE happened, um, I'd love to hear about what was happening then and then what did and then tell us about your nde so what was happening then being uh an addict really where were you what was going on in your life in general it could yeah, be anything so, yeah yeah so not just addicted to drugs but i was addicted to porn i was addicted to sex i was addicted to uh friends i was addicted to uh, you know, finding things outside of myself to get temporary, temporary satisfaction. Um, I was addicted to food. <laughs> We're addicted to so much. We're addicted to clothing and brand names and shoes and spending money. And, you know, um, so that was my life. You know, I was the epitome of all things and nothing, you know, like everybody that you see in this life, that are going through some sort of struggle, you know, I embody it all a little bit. Um, and then the big, the best bang of my life happened. Um, I ended up hitting a house going hundred kilometers an hour and ejecting headfirst out of the vehicle. And uh, my body was shifted to the passenger side. So going through that whole scenario with the court case and everything was a very difficult process because I was confused, I was lost, the, the whole system was confused and lost because they couldn't map it together. They don't know if somebody uh, fled the scene, if somebody else was driving and tried to kill me and then they left because my body was found or if an angel shifted me or the homeowners shifted me, but nobody knows why my body was on the right side of the vehicle. And uh, my shirt was ripped off my body and it was stuck onto the battery and the battery was on the right side of the vehicle. So it's kind of hard to, to uh, explain. Sorry, I'm just, when I'm in a flow state, I'm, I just got goosebumps and I'm shaking and I'm chills. But, um, I love this. Um, <laughs> so I ended up um, going through that experience and it was the most beautiful experience I've ever encountered. It, I left my body. <laughs> Who gets to leave their body and float around and be a spirit, right? It's hard to come across that. So I was floating and watching them try to revive me. I was watching them do CPR and pumping. And there was a team working on me. And they were saying, he's losing too much blood. You know, we're losing him. And they're driving to the hospital. 
I got to experience all that. Um, and it was beautiful. And I got to experience time and space and reality and different dimensions and how I can travel, be at all places at once. You know how God is at all places at once? I was able to be at all places at once. I was able to be with them at one second and then with somebody driving from Vancouver to come see me and, and their conversation they're having on the phone call with other people and people's prayers and whispers and people praying and knowing what they're saying and what they're talking about. I was so connected and I'm still that connected. I was able to maintain all of that. Um, going through the hallways, just checking things out because, and of course, I had to face reality and I had to determine, you know, how much is factual and how much is fiction and, you know, how much is, uh, you know, true, right? Like, did, were my eyes squinting? Was I squinting and I could see everything? And I put that to the test. No, I wasn't squinting because how could I travel like that? How could I come in and out of my body, take out my neck brace? And how can I, you know, come in and out of my body to give my mom signals to give me water and stuff like that? And, and it was so trippy, but so real at the same time. It was, it was a wake-up call. It was a wake-up call. And when I, when I entered this beautiful funnel, this beautiful vortex. I traveled and I contemplated while I was traveling. I'm like, where am I going? Like I knew to what to question. I was like questioning, I'm like, where am I going? But I just surrendered and I just trusted the journey. And I go all the way up thinking, it's black behind me, but if I turned back, I would have probably died because I needed to surrender. And that's a test in our lives is, can we surrender? You know, everybody, personal growth development or Wim Hof or, you know, anyone who's into biohacking, they say, you know, they had to sur surrender to the cold, to the ice. You have to surrender to the hot. You have to surrender to life, surrender to God we have to surrender to ourselves to our spouses you know surrendering it has so many layers but i had to surrender to my own incapability of keeping that control and if i kept that control i would have probably died so i surrendered and i just kept going and i entered and it just took me up and i didn't have to do anything but it was beautiful and i ended up right all the way up in front of white light. I finally got towards white, like bright white light. Like everybody says, it's amazing. It's beautiful. This, oh, harmonious. It was all that and then some. Um, and it was warm, compassionate. You know, the feeling of overwhelming love and forgiveness. Right away, you're forgiven. You're, you're welcomed. You're home, right? And I was asked so I was like right up the edge I don't know what to call it I was just right there and it was all black behind me and I was like like wasn't sure what to do um 
and I was asked a question. I'm getting shit. I'm shaking, but um, I was asked, presented with a deep masculine voice, beautiful voice. Um, what do you want to, what do you want to do, or you know? And I, I waited, and it said, "Are you ready?" And what are you going to do? Those were the the two back and forth. And I signed that and I had to contemplate what that meant to me, whether I was going to keep living the life I was living. Because what flashed through my, my eyes or my consciousness at that time was my whole entire life, like on fast forward. You know, when you used to watch those cassette tapes and you press fast forward like four to 32 times it was like my whole life and each scene showed up and appeared into my into my mind and I'm like whoa that's I'm sure I decide I need to change it was like it was shown to me a clip you know a clip of my life a glimpse into all my failures all my mistakes all the slaps in the face you know all my mistakes and then I nodded my head and I said yeah you know I'm ready and I saw all my angels I saw there was there was many but they were all there just kind of bowing down and just behind the presence of a, a main the main source was there and they were just all there and I didn't, I didn't go in, I didn't get to go in and hang out and, you know, like go close to anybody and all that. I was just there because I wasn't ready to be there yet. I was under a test because if I failed, I would have died, but then I was welcomed back. So I was honored and agreed. And then I ended up um, coming back the same way, back into my body, you know, you know, the story, like slowly back through the journey and then down the building and back down to earth. And it was just like what you can envision, just like beautifully hovering and then go into my body. And then I wake up slowly, the curtains closed. And right in that moment in time, was the same time my mom was making a decision to unplug me because I was making signs and showing signs of waking up because I took off my neck brace, I needed water. But when she was faced with the decision to unplug me, all of that happened in that time. So it was pretty marvelous how that happened. And so she unplugged me, I come into my body, they open up the curtain and I wake up back into this um this brain with all the programs and paradigms still so i was still toxic still negative it's just because i went through that didn't mean i became a better person right away no but i did have that insight and that memory and i remembered that promise that oath to god change so every time I wanted to commit suicide, every time I wanted to take drugs, every time I was addicted to pharmaceuticals or or morphine because they had me jacked up. 
I would remember my purpose and I was enough and I had more potential to the point where instead of committing suicide, you know, and this was the point where all my family left me, my kids, my, my, my spouse at the time, she left me with my, my four month old uh, son and my older, my, my son left me, my, I have an older son, my stepdaughter left me all, I was go faced with so much piling up in my life that I could have just popped some pills and committed suicide, but we all have something inside of us. And that is that whisper we have to listen to. And it's, it's not gonna shake you sometimes. It's not gonna push you sometimes. Sometimes you just gotta trust, just take that step. And I took that step and I just listened somehow, some way. And, you know, I just opened up all the pharmaceuticals that I had in my pantry, put it all in the toilet, looked myself in the mirror. And I said, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die getting off of these blood thinners and let the blood clot travel to my lung. But I'm not going to be on these pharmaceuticals anymore. And I'm not going to hang myself. If I'm going to die, it's because of a change. And I put all my trust into that decision right there and then. And I surrendered and I didn't, nothing happened. Like I survived off of pharmaceuticals that I was supposed to be on. You know, you're supposed to be on those pharmaceuticals. Um, and I just kept changing. I said, if I change that, now I'm going to go to the gym. And I started working out and I became this big, strong, muscular guy. And I'm like, man, if I could do that, what else can I do? Let me start walking and running. And I started walking and running. I said, I don't need to go take these bolts out. I'm good. I, you know, my lung is good. And I just kept challenging myself. I'm like, I don't need to go to that doctor. I don't need that lawyer. You know, I, I just started demanding and commanding myself to source because I was more connected to source. And I said, I command you and I demand you to change. I command you. And I would tell God, can you hear me? Do you, do you hear me? And I would get that signal back and I would be honored. And I'm, I, I knew that it's not a rude thing. You know, people have to understand that we are God. We are source. We are in universe, right? And we don't have to be ashamed to command and demand of God because that's what we are, right? We can look in the mirror and be like, fuck you, or <laughs> I love you, you know, change me. I'm changing. It's the same thing. We can pray to ourselves, right? So that's what that section of that looked like. Um, I wanted to say it like that beautifully, that be but it short. Was, yeah, it was, it was very beautiful. There are things that strike me in that, which is <clears throat> one that coming out of it, you suddenly were given the gift of faith because suddenly you knew, I don't need this external stuff. And I said, as an addict, which my addiction was to people and external validation, and it wasn't always, it was usually going after unavailable people, you know, um, putting people on pedestals or fantasizing about them, but it was also um, bosses of giving people too much power over me, um, mm -hmm. being a people pleaser, letting, being a doormat, letting people dictate 
my own self-worth like yeah. oh if, if i date this good looking guy that means that i'm worth something and and you know but you can't count on anything there's nothing you have control over that person can leave that person can die and it's all this counting on external things if i have money i feel good if i have a good job i feel good and mm -hmm. i love what i think that what really struck me is when you said you leave the body and you're sort of free of that pain and i think when we reach for external things, drugs, alcohol, shopping, sex, whatever it is, we're trying to get it in a weird sense. We don't know it, but we're trying to get back to our soul selves by getting out of our bodies, but we're going about it the wrong way. We're we just know we want out of this body and out of this pain. When mm -hmm. in fact, our souls choose this body and this pain to, I don't want to say test us, but to put us through this thing so that we can make better choices with the right tools and we yes. can evolve and that's helps us evolve our souls and it's hard mm -hmm. i mean no one wants to feel grief it's so easy to want to escape it i don't want to feel this it's so uncomfortable yes but you got to do what's hard to make it easy you got to do what's uncomfortable to make it comfortable you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable and right when you can do that that's building that faith you build faith through trusting in yourself through those barriers, through that thick skin, through those mental barriers. I had to do what was uncomfortable. Yeah, I was still in my body just because I went through that experience didn't mean anything at that point. I still had the choice to be like, oh yeah, a morphine or a Percocet, I'm gonna get high today. I could have done that, but I did what was uncomfortable. Something was uncommon, unnatural of me to do was to open that shit up and dump it and be like, fuck it. Mm -hmm. throw those cigarettes out i okay here's a good one you have to sacrifice one for another so i sacrificed life for death and i said to myself when i did this one i said i sacrifice my life right now i'm gonna get pneumonia i'm gonna die if i keep smoking and i kept smoking and i got pneumonia i manifest i got mm -hmm. pneumonia and i kept and I had so much fluid buildup in my lungs that I literally was coughing and filling up glasses of fluid. And I was killing myself. I had less, way less than 50% oxygen left in my body. I was dying. This was another story here. And I got lifted out of bed. You know, my, my partner at the time, she carried me out of bed, threw me in a cold shower or, or bath. And I just laid there and I said, call the hospital, right? I think I'm dying, right? And she took me to the hospital and they got so mad at me. They said, you don't have bronchitis. You've been taking this puffer and all these pills for bronchitis. You got pneumonia, you, you're killing, you could die. So they had to heal me. And I sacrificed to God. I said, look, and when I made that decision, I said, it's cigarettes or my, my life. And when I made that transition, I, I stopped smoking. I got my life back. I got my health back. Everything healed and I quantum leaped. I quantified my experience. And that's what we have to do. We have to make these hard decisions. And they, they are hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. If anybody thought it was going to be easy, then, you know, I, I don't know what they're feeding you. It's It's... It's easy once you go through the journey, go through this journey and then you'll look back like, wow, look at me now, I'm here. 
-hmm. now it's easy but in the beginning people look at it like oh that's hard it's fun it's good it's challenging we need to improve our lives we need to take these risks you know without risk there's no reward you know so yeah I, exactly. that's yeah yeah and and i i can't tell me you how many times i've said <clears throat> being a person is so hard and mm -hmm. it's also so beautiful if you stay the stay the course and you keep you get better and better with age you keep finding i mean i'm finding that now that i'm you know reaching middle literal middle middle age it's like and i actually technically am middle aged um there's i feel like it's now i'm more of a, a kind of a salmon swimming with the current where i'm kind of like okay oh no i'm not going to go that way because in my 20s and 30s i I, there were no boundaries and it was let everybody in and let all experiences in and, and try all these and do things that are harmful to myself. And now mm -hmm. I can see a mile away. I'm like, I feel, I know to trust my instinct. Now I know what kind yeah. of person is going to be toxic. I know what kind of situation is not going to be healthy for me. I know that what mm -hmm. happens when I try to live out of alignment with my purpose, because I think I mm -hmm. should do something when it isn't mm -hmm. really what I'm called to do. So mm -hmm. that's, that's a beautiful lesson to take back. So after you, he you healed, I mean, I don't know if it, it's probably an ongoing process of healing. Yes. At what point did you start to say, um, all right, now I really want to get into being of service to other people? Was when I wanted to put myself on the back burner and put other people first. So I started realizing other people's happiness when I would go above and beyond, mm -hmm. when I would serve them and, and help them so much and they would feel so good. They would get this transformation, they would change, whether it was in sales. I was coaching when I was doing in-home consults and they were getting all this love from me, you know? And when they get that kind of love, I just felt this is what I want to do. And it doesn't have to be in the form of nine to five or working for somebody else. It could be doing it for myself, for myself. And I started to contemplate, I'm like, how can I do this? How can I do something for myself? This was the point in time I'm like, how do you get out of the rat race? How do, how do you get out of this matrix? How, how? And again, I had to do what was uncomfortable. I came home and I said, I'm quitting my job. I was making close to $10,000 a month. And, and it was, I was the only person making the money because she was pregnant and she was going to school for two years while during her pregnancy, she was becoming a therapist. And I, I said, I'm sorry. You know, I'm so sorry, but you know, do you support me? And we need that support. If we have it from ourselves, great if you're single, but if you don't have it from someone else, then I'm sorry, you need to put 110% both ways. It's not 50-50, it's 110% both ways. And when you have that, um, then you're able to uh, push the barriers and the boundaries of the restraints around us and, and break through paradigms. So, I did that. I made that decision. And 
I started test trying. I trialed a few things out. So I took my son, you know, he's like three and a half, four years old, and I put him into acting school. I leveraged my son and I said, okay, you know how to practice reading scripts and memorization. I wrote us uh, out a script and I got him to memorize a pitch, door-to-door pitch. And he memorized it, went out, got a 25 kg box of corn nuts and I got food grade food packages. And we sat there as a family. Pa- She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, don't worry. I just got this message. I just, let's just, shh, everyone pack, just keep packing. And everyone's like packing all these corn nuts and the whole table is full and it's just a mess. And she's like, now what? I'm like, no, we're going to, we're going to take, and I, we had a newborn baby. I'm like, yeah, we're going for a walk. There's people outside. It's beautiful. Let's put it on the stroller. Let her be content. Let's take him. Let's go. He starts knocking doors and saying, hi, you know, my name is Arnov and I'm, I'm, I'm supporting my future with these corn nuts. And, you know, do you want to buy one? One for $2, three for $5. And it was the cutest thing ever. And that was the first insight to working for yourself, for yourself, like just doing something. People don't know you anyways, when you work for a company. So when you work for a sales job, you're given a script, you're given a pitch, you're told, go talk to these people. You don't even know them. They don't know why you're there, what company you work for, but you're there. And I realized, do that, do that for myself. So they don't know me anyways. They don't know him. Let's just go do it. And I start to prove that you can do something for yourself, for yourself. And he made about $300 that day, the first day. And that's when she started to believe. She's like, okay, now I'm a believer. (laughs) Like, cool. And then we started doing food delivery, started making money. We started writing our goals on an easel, you know, and doing food delivery, we made $3,000 in a month, just delivering food. And we started upping our goals. And we're like, look, we didn't need to, a lot of people work nine to five, and they struggle, they work paycheck to paycheck. But I was making more doing deliveries and like just whatever I wanted to do. So I just realized I'm like, okay, what's next. And then I started, uh, developing myself and how I can serve people with my my lessons in life and I started practicing I started coaching for about two to three years for free like with with what I'm doing now with guided intelligence but before that I've been a coach in every industry that I work for the owners of the company or managers or regional managers would pull me out of the crowd because they knew I was always excelling, always becoming number one in their company. So they would get me to be that I would coach teams. I was always coaching teams and getting them to shadow me and follow me to people's houses. And I taught them how to duplicate what I was doing, like word for word, because sometimes that's what you have to do is do that to become better. Right. And then you can like grow on that. So I just started doing that and it just grew, you know, and manifesting too. Like I didn't know how to get leads and all these people trying to get you and saying, Oh, do you need more clients? Hey, do you need a bot? Hey, do you need to message somebody? Hey, do you need, you need more 
friends. You have to add this many people every day so Facebook doesn't kick you out. And I'm like, okay, I've been able to manifest my whole life. I've been able to do this. Let me do it for myself. So I set out the intention and I said, okay, fine. If that's what I have to do, I'm going to do it. And in a matter of two to three weeks, I attracted 3,000 friend requests. And 3,000 people added me to Facebook where I didn't have to do the work anymore. I didn't have to go add people. I didn't have to go like add five people a day and nothing was happening. Some would accept, some wouldn't. But then when I, I just used my mind, I was able to reverse it. Now people come to me and say, can you teach me? And all it is is going backwards. You have to find your peace in this earth. You have to find your balance, your harmony, your rituals, your habitual rituals, your daily habits, and, you know, be grateful and thankful. And that's how you start, right? So that's a big lesson for your, your platform to take away is just find that love, find that inner love, you know? Yeah. I always say that too, that when you, if you want to be successful, it's not about going, um, I worked for a company years ago that crashed and burned because these two young guys they're like what makes money right now and they're like chemicals that's what's selling and they kind of just did some research like yeah so we need to sell chemicals but they didn't really have it wasn't their background it wasn't really people were like why am I gonna I was their assistant and I would call and try to sell this stuff and they're like why do we need your product I'm like I don't know I mean I can't it's more they're like it's more expensive why would I buy it from you I'm like I don't know um and so you know I think and and the eventually the company crashed and burned. And it's because when you do something just for the money, it's not going to get you anywhere. It's when you do something, no matter what it is, and it could be chemicals, it could be that you're passionate about what mm -hmm. this chemical does. And, you know, it, it has some, some application that's really useful, but if you're not doing it with the intent of, of uh, being of service, of doing it to be of service, to change people's lives for the better, mm -hmm. um, it has to be with love. And when you do something with love, the money will come because people want to be around you. They want to work with you because they know you have their best interests in, at heart. And it sounds mm -hmm. to me like you're having had this experience of um, this near-death experience of going and seeing that, oh, wait a minute, this isn't all there is. The material is not all there is. There, I am so much more. I'm a soul. And even if it is sales that you like doing or you know whatever it is, now you you were able to go into it in the beginning with, I have faith in myself. I believe in myself. I believe that what I'm doing is being of service to other people. I believe that there are great lessons that are going to come out of this. And that's where your success lies. It's not about going out there going, how much money can I make? And how many, what's my demographic? I mean, you have to know those things in business, but I think it's the heart that draws people to you and, and makes people want to work with you. And it's you're showing them that this is about you, even just giving away your services for free while you're kind of figuring out what it is. Um, just like I do mediumship readings for free now because I don't feel competitive enough at this point while I'm still learning and growing to charge people when I know I'm still still in the, in the learning process. Mm -hmm. But the best thing about what I do, and it sounds like what you did, is that that ability to connect with other people when I do a mediumship reading or you do a coaching session, you're meeting with a stranger and within an hour, you know intimate details about them. Mm -hmm. And you start to share on a soul level of we're sitting one-on-one, -on -one. Exactly. your heart needs to be healed. Hopefully what I can give you is gonna help 
in that process. And then we're going to exchange energy. And that's why I think we're drawn to doing that. It's working with people one-on-one and Mm-hmm. being their hearts and letting them, they feel comfortable opening up to you. And there's this trust that's formed very quickly. And it's such a rewarding thing that right now I make no money doing it, but I know that it will grow into something abundant in, in a way that I don't even know yet. And I'm mm-hmm. doing it even though people are like, why aren't you charging? It's because right now it's about the, the connection right now. It's mm-hmm. just about, I'm doing it for me. And I'm because I love to connect with spirit because it's magical for me. And I love to connect with other people. So I think when you do that, you, we will, you're going to succeed. And I, and for the first time in my life, I'm not panicked about money, even though I've had more in in the past, it's not about the money. It's a, I know I'm going to be taken care of. So I think it sounds like you had that experience as well. So when you are coaching your um, clients, what would you say is the, um, the sort of how, um, I guess, I, I'm guessing it's intuition and just sort of life experience, but when they come to you with an issue that they'd like to work on, what, I don't want to say faculties, I'm looking for a word. What is it that you use? What part of yourself do you use in order to be of service to them? I'll answer that. But to add to the last statement, how beautifully you ended it, I wanted to add that that's what sets people apart from everybody else is that true authenticity and love. And that's why I never looked at sales as sales. I looked at it as just bonding and co-creating with the next soul. And that's why I became number one in all the companies I worked for. There was no skill set, no magic. It was just that connection. And I think that's what it is. It's, it's what I use, what I have is I have the ability to be like a chameleon uh, personality. I have all the experience where I can meet somebody and engage with them to their soul, their mind. If, if they're from a, a, a biker gang, I can connect with them and be uh, friends with them. If they're from a third world country, I can connect with them. If they're any religion or culture, I can connect with them. I change my dialect, my tonality, my, the way I speak. See, some clients will look at these podcasts and be like, that's not how he talks. He talks to me so differently. Yeah, that's why we're connected is because I talk to you the way I talk to you. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's my ability. That's my superpower is I'm able to just connect with authentically to them. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I have that too, which is why I made a great yeah. Lyft driver. When I, when I did drive for Lyft, it was, it was amazing because I was able to connect with a different type of person every time and hear their yes. life stories and we'd connect yeah. and they, they would tell me things they hadn't told anybody. It was, we got, I mean, I remember having a ride where by the end of it, this woman who had um, told me how her her um, ex girlfriend was an addict, and then how she has this new girlfriend, and I think her her ex um, girlfriend died. And by the end of it, we stayed we still are friends on, on Instagram, and and it was like I heard her whole life story just in a ride because I love connecting with all different types of people, and I think mm-hmm. that does serve us really well. And I think that does is a testament to the fact that 
we may be different in our human forms, but we really are all one. We are all from God. We are all souls. And the only thing that's different between us is how we grew up, our experiences, you know, our the country we grew up in, the town we grew up in, um, and just kind of there's so many different factors, but we're all part of the same God source. And it's sometimes difficult to bond with certain people who are a little more difficult and maybe not on that same in that same plane. But if you wave can try to find it. on the wavelength, you can try to find the the soul in them and say, this is their path. Now, this is this is what they're going through. That's what I want to address is we don't know sometimes if our spirits are tainted. Yeah. My spirit was tainted. Um, I was blessed to go through what I went through to uh, understand uh, that it was tainted and how to uh, heal it. There's people living life that they're not going to have the opportunity to die and come back or go through more pain and suffering. They want healing now. So another thing that I, I do is I'm able to show them how they can find their soul's purpose, you know, bring that happiness and joy out of them back to life and they feel fulfilled. That's what I do. Right. Um, you don't, I say, you don't have to have a near death experience or you don't have to have therapy. You don't have to go to a doctor. You don't need no seven figure coaching program to realize your full potential or change, you know, and that's the experience they feel, you know? Yeah. So that, yeah. Yeah. And I always wonder why some people have I want to say, I mean, some people say it's a curse to have a near-death experience because sometimes they have trouble adapting back to this life. But at the same time, from my experience, having interviewed a lot of people like you, it really feels like everyone was sort of on that path to have a near-death experience because something needed to change. Something needed to shift. And God was like, all right, listen, I'm just going to intervene here because you need to have this lesson. And so mm-hmm. I think it's, it's, it is a gift to be able to see that. And it can be a curse. I understand for some people as well, it can have come with challenges, but that's actually part of why I'm doing what I'm doing here is getting the word out to anyone who's open-minded to just remember, you know, in the, in the hardest times that this is just temporary. And this is just part of our soul's growth and our souls chose this. So whatever feels painful now, on the other side, it's just a snap of a finger, um, a snap of your fingers. So what is it that you take back? What is the most important thing that you want people to realize after having the experience that you did? I just want to say I love your podcast. (laughs) Thank you. I love your questions and how you talk and communicate through it. It's it's beautiful. Um, I want people to realize that it's not over. You know, it's not over. Just take your time and take baby steps. Just take the first inch to change. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just the first inch and, and follow up on that inch with the next inch, you know? Um, people have hard times to, pro- they procrastinate, they don't wanna get things done. So when you put it in an inch or a baby step and say, hey, can you, you go to the washroom, right? 
and they always laugh. They're like, yeah, I go to the washroom. You brush your teeth, right? Yeah, I brush my teeth. You, you look at yourself. Well, I do my hair, I brush my teeth. And so people need to take a moment to say hi to themselves. Like, how are you? And look in their eyes. You know, I do my mirror talk technique I created. Um, and I walk people through this and it's very powerful. It's very impactful. But I would just say it quickly, just look at yourself, self-reflect and look at the flaws, look at the fraudulence, and then look at the love and look at the appreciation and, and forgiveness. So if you could do all of that together, that would be your first remarkable step that you could do for yourself is just stop ignoring yourself. That's a good one because I think we all get wrapped up in work, money, family obligations, friend obligations, social obligations, which is one of the reasons I really do believe that COVID kind of came along. I really do believe it's all part of a plan. You know, unfortunately, people have suffered immensely and that's not something that's ideal, but I think that what has come out of it, out of it that is positive is it's taught us to slow down, sit with ourselves, check in with ourselves and say, what am I doing with my life? Do, am I happy? Do I really want to do what I have been doing? Um, sometimes we've had people have lost jobs and it's like, I didn't even like that job anyway. Um, and we're kind of getting more in touch with ourselves despite all the stress. We're also connecting with each other in a different way. No, it's not face to face. Um, and it's we're not hugging as you know as much. But I know that a lot of us have now been doing this. We've been connecting through Zoom, and we've been connecting with strangers. And people have been coming together in all these ways that really helps us kind of center on what really matters. It almost feels like God, Source, the Universe, kind of went. All right, time out. Everyone needs a time out. Things are getting real heated here. And it's going to be heated for a while, but we need to connect with ourselves again. Mm -hmm. And so how can people, when, as things are starting to pick up again, and we're all going to get back into that busy, busy, busy mode, how can we live more heart-centered, present lives? I would, what I would do is I would recommend people to search for insights because insights won't always come to you you have to search for insights find relatable content with what you're suffering with what you're going through what your thoughts and inner feelings are so search like different podcasts ted talks um information anything start searching start searching that's what your soul wants if we're not soul searching, we're leaving our spirit stagnant and we're just going to die with a tainted spirit that's going to go back to source and you're going to die with your coulda, woulda, shouldas. So whatever your coulda, woulda, shouldas will be when you die, contemplate that and start to ask yourself, am I waking up and going on my phone and being mindless? Am I on TikTok just going like this, like this? Catch yourself in the moment, be like, make a decision to change that and put on a podcast, put on some TED Talks, learn about science, learn about the government, 
learn about politics, learn, but don't dive into politics, learn the conspiracy about what's happening out there into the world, figure out what, what you need to learn for you. You know, if you want to develop your skills in anything, you got to educate yourself. You got to put the work in. And when you put the work in, God will match it. Mm -hmm. Right? So when you show, if you don't show, God's just waiting. Okay. It's like affirmations. Oh, I suck. I'm shitty. All right. You're going to get more of I suck. I'm shitty. But if I'm great and I'm taking the next step, then your greatness will will be approved upon right um you're gonna get reciprocated the same energy you put out so you just got to put some energy into yourself you can't sit there and be like oh you know please help me please help me well yes please help me because god's saying the same thing please help me help you right so help yourself you know if you're if you want to improve with your your mind hacking with biohacking with health change the chemistry that's happening in your mind, body, and spirit. You know, you are what you eat. Stop eating McDonald's. Stop drinking pop. Stop having all that fructose and glucose. Stop eating so much sugars and processed foods. Empty out your pantry. Do something very, very different than what you've been doing. Get a garbage bag, go through your house, and throw everything out. Start donating. Minimalize. Grab things around your house that are stagnant and give it away to families that deserve it or throw it in a dumpster, get rid, clear your space, build some feng shui in your life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I believe that the universe is seeking balance and wants to, wants to give you balance. And Mm -hmm. we're the ones that kind of um, fall away from that, especially when we're in addiction, where we're so far removed from God at that point, because we're trying so hard to control and manipulate and fix and have just have control over our environment to the point where we really self-sabotage because we're not, and it is hard. It's hard to have faith in something you can't see. Um, it's it, even me, I'm the most, oh, I trust in the universe. I know I'm going to be in abundance. I know I'm going to be healthy. I know that through this challenge, I am going to grow and I am going to be happier on the other side once I push through the discomfort of change, of getting out of my comfort zone. But even- I, who has that faith and connects with spirit on a regular basis, when it's hard, it's hard to hold on to that. You start to find yourself something sometimes grasping um, because it's hard to, to think I have faith in something I can't see. I just know it's there. But I think um, that's where I think meditation and stillness and yoga and that sort of thing comes in. Not that you have to do yoga. It could be a walk in the, in the woods. Um, but I have a friend who's kind of stuck and he's like, I'm out of shape. I feel depressed. And I said, you know, to, but it feels overwhelming. He's like, cause now I'm just fat. And I get on the Peloton and he, he goes, I'm chafing with all my <clears throat> fat legs and the seat's uncomfortable. I said, well, listen, he has me sort of, he said, I want you to be my coach. I'll pay you. I'm like, you're not paying me. I'm just telling you today, do something different than you did yesterday. And I said, if you go walk for five minutes, report back to me. Did you walk? Have you ever walked five minutes? No. Well, then just five minutes today. That's all I'm asking. And then I'll give him little tasks through the week. I'll say, today, go someplace you've never been before. Start your day instead of waking up and going and playing video games. Wake up, step outside and sit on your porch for a few minutes and just sit there. And so I think sometimes 
just changing your routine can kind of help shake you out of that comfort zone, which is so important. Um, and mm -hmm. so, yeah. And to add to that beautiful statement you just said was spirituality and meditation. So with spirituality, some people think, well, I'm not spiritual. Yeah. How am I ever going to change? Sometimes it doesn't take spirituality to change. Uh, you don't have to tap into your spiritual side to change. Sometimes to see something um, that's out there, you have to see it in your mind. It's like when you're making a decision to buy a car, it's a decision. And then you go out there and buy the car and then it becomes a reality. So if you could see it in your mind, you could see it in reality. So that talks about uh, decision-making and spirituality doesn't have to be uh, the factor to change. And then meditation will only improve your life when your life is in balance. Yeah. Meditation doesn't bring balance to your life. Meditation, people meditate for 20, 30 years. Some clients I have, they tell me, all I do is meditate. I've been in the personal growth development world for over 20 years. How is it that now I'm changing? Well, because your life wasn't balanced. You had no structure and you kept meditating. What is that doing for you? Nothing. So once you fix your life and then add meditation to your fixed mm -hmm. life, then meditation will help. That's right? a really good point, I think. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to put your the link to your website underneath, but can you tell us where to find you so that people can come to you for life coaching? Sure. Um, guidedintelligence.me. So www.guidedintelligence.me. Once you land there, you get free items. And then once you go through the next steps, then you can start to dive in deep and see what else is there. Um, and then Facebook and Instagram, um, you can find me Malcolm Nair or Guided Intelligence and all my links for Instagram, you can find on through Facebook or my YouTube channel, which uh, they can find through you. Yeah. And there are also on, yeah. And on YouTube, there are also a lot of testimonials um, that endorse you, endorse what you do. And um, they're, they're great reviews. Um, and actually another question that I have before we um, wrap up is, since your near-death experience, do you find, um, do you have enhanced abilities or is it just more your intuition that you're more in touch with? Do you have, have you had any um, sort of experiences with connecting more clearly with spirit or um, psychic kind of stuff happening? Or is it more just like you feel more in touch with yourself and the universe around you? I asked myself the same question because I've always had these abilities since I think I was born because I was able to manifest things that were toxic, right? I was able to get into people's minds and I was able to attract certain people. You know, I was able to attract like phone calls like right away before. So what for sure has happened is it's reminded me to never forget to have faith and hope and trust that there is a source that cares about us. Yeah, there is a, an energy that cares about our energy. There is a source that cares about our source. And we're, we're loved. And we got to realize to keep loving ourselves and keep, keep putting that love out there, you know, so it gets built upon, you know, just that's what has the near death experience, what it's done for me is to remind me, like, keep loving, keep giving, uh, energy source energy that respect because at the end of the day it's giving us that respect right 
Very well said. I think that's a beautiful place for us to end. And I know we could talk for five more hours, but I think, like you said, it could be chap. We could have episodes on on great wisdom and life experiences. I, I thank you so great. I, I appreciate your time and your energy so much and for contributing to the mission of this project, which is to really put out um, the message of hope, inspiration, let people know that you really are never alone and not just in the sense that people have your back. It's you literally as a soul are connected with God, whatever you feel comfortable calling God um, and that we all are connected. And so even in my loneliest days, I just remind myself um, I'm not alone. You know, I'm, I'm held. It may feel like it right now. It may feel scary. It may feel empty. It may feel lonely, but we're really always supported. And we really are part of this greater um, love source. And I hope that we can all kind of hold on to that. And so I think that I want my podcast to be something that inspires people and reminds them of that. So I really appreciate you saying yes to being here, showing up and sharing your insight. Can I please end with saying one last thing? Because you always set this trigger and the most beautiful things that give me insight to finish off with is energy. There are people out there that have low vibes, low energy, dark energy. You can learn how to tap into that dark energy and, and grow that energy into love, right? So it's like taking that toxic, like you go to the gym, you just got a divorce and you're pumping iron and you're developing your body and your mind. So don't think negative energy is always bad. You can use that energy for good, right? So, cause that, some yeah. people get scared of too much love and fluff fluff, right? So I just wanted to give your audience like that, like, okay, not everybody's perfect and it's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't have to be perfect. That's, that's a beautiful way to end. So thank you so much again, Malcolm. You're a beautiful person and I'm so glad. So are you. Have, thank you. I've been so happy to connect with you. Thanks again. Thank you so much. You're a blessing. Bye. Have My a wonderful pleasure. day. Bye. You too.